This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. What you say? Just a friend. Stephen Stills right here, according to my man Lou Rapino, celebrating a birthday today. Love the one you with, baby. How old is uh, Stephen Stills today, Louis? Uh, I, I had it, and I have to look it up again, because I can't. Pete Morgan checks in. He says the Rangers were awful last night. Gave up two power play goals in the first. Mistakes all over the ice. And, yes, Igor did not look good. And, you know, Igor's been great this year. Two-point-something goals per game. Very high save percentage. I, I know the last game I went to with Gabriel, he was making unbelievable saves. But in games where the Rangers have given up a lot of goals, have been blown out this year, it's been Igor, not Jonathan Quick. Seven other ten losses are by more than three goals. Thank you very much for that. Oh, seventy nine. <laughs> seventy nine. <laughs> oh my God, he's seventy nine. Right, and he wasn't in goal last night. He was not in goal last no, night. No, 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 no. So we got a great guest list <laughs> coming up this morning: Curtis Sliwa, Peter King. I'm really excited to talk to former ESPN anchor, the beautiful Sage Steele. Janine Pirro starts her weekly appearances today. She'll be on every Wednesday now at nine fifteen. I added Steve Bannon. Every Monday now at 8.40. And the great one, Mark Levin, also stopping by today. But we start off with a great one. One of the best defense attorneys in the country. It's him and Takapina. One and 1A. You pick who you want for one and who you want for 1A. He's my uh, dear friend, Arthur Idala. Arthur, good uh, Wednesday morning, buddy. How are you? Happy New Year. And uh, I will tell you, Sid, I have never gotten a more beautiful Christmas card from a Jewish couple than the one I received from you and your wife on <laughs> Christmas Day. You, both of you look gorgeous, and I'm Thank saying, you. is it say? Does it say like Merry Christmas and like Happy Hanukkah? No, just says Merry Christmas. <laughs> I'm Danielle. I'm like, all right. I'm like, I don't know if any, I've ever had a Merry Christmas card from a very Jewish couple. But I, I loved it, man. I, Thank I, you. I'll start sending out. Uh, that was a great picture. Yeah, that was a great picture. We took that picture at uh, Stephen Van Zandt's policeman's ball right before christmas and uh at our house before we left for the party so we did use that for the uh the merry christmas card well, the way that, i mean the way that picture looked it was not a house it looked more like a mansion <laughs> yeah, it well, like, well it's not so staircase yeah. wow it was gorgeous <laughs> and you know Sid, you you copped out a little bit i mean look you could spend days and weeks and hours talking about what's wrong with new york but on new year's day at coney island the thousands of us who ran into that water and partied like it was the end of the world as we knew it. First in the parking lot, then on the sand, then after we went to Bay Ridge to the Wicked Monk. I mean, those are New York moments that, you know, you just can't duplicate. There's not that energy. There's not that fire. There's not that joie de vivre. We had so much fun. And you were invited. 
You were, you know, I said, said look, we're going to be right by your house. We're going to be on the beach at Coney Island. And it was doctors and lawyers and accountants and cops and lieutenants Idiots. and firefighters. It was yeah. fantastic. But um, this is exactly why I want to leave New York. I mean, this is like crazy conversations like this. I could be in the beach in, in the Atlantic Ocean in Boca Raton where the water is 78 degrees, but no, I'm going to jump in freezing waters in Coney Island with a bunch of overpaid doctors and lawyers to prove what? Well, well what about the cops and the firefighters? Were you left over? Ah, oh, they're idiots too for doing that. God, it's stupid. It's a stupid, so it's a stupid tradition. Why do you do it? What, what is the reason for it? Well, I will tell you, it, it's, it started off because I was having a bad year. It was the year, the first year I didn't have my son because of my separation. Yeah. And Christian Carmody, whose your mother was your teacher at Poly Prep. The great uh, Helen he, Carmody? Yes, ma'am. She, yes, failed me, she failed me in science. Listen, I was her son's best friend. I got a C minus. So, you know, <laughs> like, hey, don't, worry, don't worry about that. We went, and this year there was a bunch of people from Poly there. You know what? It's a baptism of sorts. You go in that water at 1 o'clock on the first day, uh, the first month, and it's like, okay, you wipe off last year, and you're going into this year. It's invigorating. I mean, we start off, we do 24, whatever the year is, we do that many push-ups. So this year we did, we all dropped, we did 24 push-ups, ran into the water, and it was just such a, I brought a boombox into the water playing <laughs> Mr. Brightside by the Killers, yeah. and all these people were dancing around in the water. It was spectacular. It really was I'm still flying high from it two days later. Really, it was really, really great. All right, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. This is uh, the great defense attorney, Arthur Idala, and it is, of course, a, a huge New York tradition, and a lot of very, very fine people, like Arthur said, cops, firefighters, and Arthur jump in the water every year, and he seems to love it. That's good. So this list comes out yesterday, and we'll get to the, uh, you know, the pro-Palestinian folks in a moment, but the list comes out yesterday, 170 names, and uh, Dershowitz is on the list. You know, Alan has become a dear, like you, a dear, dear friend and a family friend. And he had that whole lawsuit with Gufroy, and you got involved in that and did a very good job, mind you. But the name being on the list, you know perception sometimes is more dangerous than reality. And people are going to say, why are you on that list in the first place? What were you doing on that island in the first place, you know people are going to say that, yes? Well, yeah, but, I mean, since you have Alan on your show all the time and, and John Katsimatidis does, I mean, you know who Alan was on the island with, right? I don't. I love Alan. I'm not accusing Alan of anything, but I just don't like seeing no, anybody's was, name on that list. He was on the on the island with his wife, Caroline, and his daughter. There you go. I think, was, I think he was 12 years old at the time. Jeffrey Epstein had just bought the island. Uh, it was still the island was actually still under construction. They spent one night there, um, but Alan was there with his wife and his little daughter, who actually just got married. Um, look, this people on that list. There were witness lists. There were people who were drivers. There were people who worked on the property. These were like if there was going to be a trial, who would be the people being called? This is not a list of this is everyone who Jeffrey Epstein uh, hooked up with women. This is a list of if this thing was going to go forward. And you, know, you mentioned Jufre. This was all from her uh, her case against Epstein and my client, Ghislaine Maxwell. And this was just like, okay, who who are the names you would hear? You know, at the beginning of a trial, a judge asks both sides, give me a witness list and give me names of, of people who jurors may hear because there could be a conflict. They could say, oh, well, you know, Sid Rosenberg 
was here, there, and, and someone says, wait a minute. Sid Rosenberg yeah, I, I, I'd appreciate right. you're not involving me in this in any well, way, even, okay. in, even in a hypothetical. Keep my damn name right. off this. Yeah, nope. <laughs> well, it, it, could, it could just be like Sid Rosenberg was at Stevie Van Zandt's event, and, and Jeffrey Epstein was there, so we want to call him to verify that Jeffrey Epstein was actually at the event. So uh, Judge Preska, who I know well, who I did the Dershowitz case in front of, um, you know, representing Allen, she said, look, there's no reason, no legal reason anymore for, keep, for me to keep these names quiet, uh, except for anyone who was, who was saying they were a victim and they were minors at the time. Those names I will, I will redact and keep out. But everyone else, there's no legal reason why I shouldn't let these names go. Honestly, Sid, this is like, this is all like a media play. There's really not a lot here. There's no names that the federal government from law enforcement doesn't know. There's no names that anyone who wants to bring a lawsuit doesn't know. There's really, you know, it's, it was a great way for all the cable news channels last night to spend the first half hour of their show. But there's really no big deal here. There's not a one. We all knew about Clinton. We all knew about Dershowitz. We all knew about Prince Andrew. There's no, like, blockbuster name on here that people go, oh, my God, could you believe that? So, you know, yeah, it was it was great to grab some headlines, but I don't see anything real coming out of it. Where are you in that Ghislaine um, Maxwell case? Because, again, public perception is, and I think it's real, that she's guilty. I think she's guilty. Uh, where are you uh, in that case? Okay, so all the appeals have been submitted, and we're waiting for a date to argue that case in front of the uh, federal appeals court. We're guessing that's probably going to be in March. And again, people should understand appeals are not mini trials about is someone guilty or innocent. Who's on trial is like the umpire of a baseball game or a referee of a of a uh, you know a, a football game. Like, did they make the right call? So you know, you said something, Sid, which is just not true. Is that you know I go into court and lie. When I was a kid, my father hit me. My no. father struck me. The biggest yeah. thing he struck me for was lying. Yeah. Okay, so I will I will get every judge, every prosecutor to come on your show if you want, day after day after day. Yeah. And you and Curtis can cross examine them whether Arthur Idala has ever lied to them. And I will well, tell you, well, you listen, maybe 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 I use I lie to listen, them. maybe I, well you do lie, uh, but maybe I use the wrong no, no, word. I don't, no, 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 I try, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't lie. It started off every when I was like lawyer lies. Every lawyer, was, you all listen, lie. I don't, I don't have to lie. The, the, here's the truth, folks. Ninety yeah. percent of my cases take up criminal cases. Cases take a plea. You know why? Thank God. Our law enforcement officers actually arrest the guilty people. So that's a beautiful thing that we live in a country where people who are being arrested are actually guilty. So we don't lie. We minimize. We we mitigate. We say, yeah, okay, this guy did it. But he was drinking and driving because he just found out that his wife is having sex with his best friend who happens to be his brother. And, yes, he had drank too much to drink, and he drove. So instead of giving him a year in jail, can we give him three months in jail? That's oh, no, so you're telling me, and I, I love that, that, and you do do that, that's true. Uh, but you're telling me, because I remember arguing with Joe Takapina about Joran Vandersloot for years. He's innocent, he's innocent. Now he's not saying all that so much again. You're telling me there's never been a time in your illustrious and well-deserved illustrious attorney career that you haven't gone into court knowing full well your client was guilty and tried to make an argument they weren't. Not about jail time, how much, what the penalty should be, but that the person was actually innocent or guilty. You've never done that. 
I have made arguments that said <laughs> people have not proven their case beyond a reasonable doubt. There's been plenty of times. Listen, Billy Rapetti, when that crane fell in New York City and killed seven people, I argued he was factually innocent, and I got to hear not guilty 43 times right. because that was the truth. Right. Have, have clients lied to me? Our mutual friend, Lawrence Taylor, the first minute I met him, he was like, I didn't have sex with her. So I went on Matt Lauer's show. I went on Francis' show. I said he didn't have sex with her. After Lawrence and I got a little closer we found out that well, maybe that's not exactly true. Oh. But she was a she was a prostitute. She got paid for having sex. What happened? It went from a rape one felony to a misdemeanor where they wanted him to do years in jail to a misdemeanor where he got a slap on the wrist. And then Gloria Allred tried to sue him, and it took the jury 15 minutes to say, "Get out of here, Gloria Allred," and watch Gloria crying in the courthouse because she lost his big case against the great Lawrence Taylor. So no, there's no need to lie. But real quick, in a nutshell. I'm going in front of the appellate, in front of the highest court in the state of New York, the Court of Appeals, on Valentine's Day to argue that Harvey Weinstein did not get a fair trial. I don't have to lie about that. If they, the judge ruled that if Harvey was going to testify, the prosecutor was allowed to bring in almost 30 bad things that he's done in the course of his life. 30, 3 0. The most any judge has ever given before that is five. Five. Now they're going to allow third. Was there a Weinstein rule? Something's a lie. I just have to look at these seven judges, the highest in, in the state, and just tell them the truth. And God willing, they'll be like, "Yeah, this guy definitely didn't." And he said, "She said." Case we kept the, the, this judge, who's now off the bench, thrown off the bench. This judge did not let the defendant testify. We're throwing him. At, we're throwing this case back down for a retrial. You don't need to lie. You can just speak the truth, okay. and you shall prevail, my man. Fair enough. Uh, I apologize using the word lie, counsel. You did a very good job explaining why you don't lie. You just, um, you know, sometimes have to... I want to talk about the idea you said. You sent me that email last night, and I did some legal research. <laughs> okay, so here's no, the email I, I got from Frank really Morano. Morano sent me this. He says, so why and Frank how... Morano. Superstar Frank Morano. Yeah, he's, he's fine. About. Superstar. Calm down. Uh, but I do love him. He is great. He is great. Why and how to sue anti-Israel protesters. This is from the Wall Street Journal. And I've been watching that for weeks, so it's a great job out of Frank. And you're here to tell us, hopefully, that we can sue these animals. Well, I'll begin at the end. Like, you could sue and you could win. Good luck getting any money out of them. But, yeah, I think you actually So If you're one of the people who's stuck on the subway because of them, or you're in your car and you're stuck on the bridge because of them, there's two elements um, for this false imprisonment tort. It's not a crime. This is a civil case. You're trying to get money. You're not trying to put people in jail. Two things. One is the detention or restraint against a person's will. So if they detained you or restrained you in the subway, in your car, however, against your will, that's the first element. And the second element is the unlawfulness of the detention of the, and the restraint. So if the police are allowing them to restrain you, like during the de Blasio administration, they allowed them to shut down the Brooklyn Bridge, well, then you can't sue them. But under the Adams administration, I know talking to Chief Chell and Chief Kemper, they're not allowing them to do this. Sometimes they get overrun, but they're not allowing it. Now you've got to find the person, have the lawsuit, hit them with the lawsuit. And one of them is that young woman who spoke at the CUNY Law graduation, said horrible things about Jewish people, et cetera. But, you know, Sid, you, you find them, you sue them. Yes, they have to go f spend some money to find a lawyer. And if you win, oh yeah, go, good luck getting $10,000 yeah. out of them. Right. Good luck getting right. five cents out of them. Yeah. And, you know, it kills me, bro. These people, half of them are from Bay Ridge. 
I know. Half of them are from where, from right where I live. So I know. Oh my God! It's, you know it's it's crazy. I almost got caught up in the George Floyd thing in my car. These guys were about to bat me out. With uh, I mean, I was coming out by my office, and they're there. And they, I mean, they had fire in my in their eyes, running at my car. And you got to make that split second decision: Do I like hit the gas and take them out, <laughs> yeah. or, or do I just get my butt kicked? Right, Thank right. God, one of the other protesters grabbed. I mean, this guy would have crushed. He would have snapped me like a twig. One of the other protesters grabbed him and pulled him away from me. But, I mean, I do know, and you know this, too, because you broke bread with Kemper, as did I, a couple of weeks ago. The cops are out there. I mean, they're working their tail off to stop these protesters. They wanted to break up New Year's Eve. They didn't do it. They wanted to break up the tree lighting. They didn't do it. So you got to give hats off to those guys because you know during the George Floyd thing, they shut down everything. But it was a different administration. It was a different vibe at the NYPD. Oh, I agree. I love Michael Kemper. I think he's doing a terrific job, and I've, I've dined with him a bunch of times, and you've been there as well. So I do think he's doing a very, very good job. I just I don't know what else uh, we can do here. But I, you know, and you're right. I mean, you're not going to get a penny out of these people. It will cost you money and a lot of time, and maybe aggravation. It just it just gotten to the point where it be, it's so frustrating that these people and, and your neighborhood at five thousand. You were the first one. Not long after October the seventh, that was when I was scared. I mean, to be honest, scared may be a, a strong word, but I was nervous. 5,000 of these people amassing in Bay Ridge. It was like two weeks, maybe even less, after October the 7th. Since then, I look at these people for what they are, a bunch of jokes. They're a joke. Yeah, they, they do the cause traffic. Only time in the first and only time in my life, you know I wear a Borsalino all the time, yeah. and I was wearing a black Borsalino walking up 86th Street to the R train right around then, you know, October 15th, 12th, whatever. Right. And it was the only time I ever, I couldn't even fathom this. Are they going to think I'm an Orthodox Jew and one of, one of these guys going to like come and beat me up or, no. or, or just harass me, just knock my hat off? I never, ever had that feeling in my life. Right. And boy, I got to tell you, brother, it's a horrible, horrible yeah, of course. feeling. You know, I saw Dershowitz last night on, uh, I think it was a news station, and they were asking him about this Jeffrey Epstein list and the Me Too. And you know what Dershowitz said? All those women who were jumping up and down and screaming and calling horrible names to me, Alan Dershowitz, where are they now jumping up and down about all the women in Israel who got raped oh, on October my. 7th and yeah. thereafter? Well, listen, they only care about uh, one, one person. He said, me too is not for the Jew. That's what, that's what their motto should be. It was, <laughs> no, he's great, and I'm glad he said that last night. But again, not to beat my own chest, I said that October the 9th. I didn't wait for the New York Times or Allen last night. I mean, I've been yelling about the rapes, specifically the rapes, dating back to Mia Shem two months ago for a very long time. I mean, I, I am far from the smartest guy, the, the, the brightest bulb on the tree. But whether it's Trump going to East Palestine, Ohio, which everybody is saying these days, the rapes on October the 9th, I've been there from day one. Lots of other folks kind of late to the party. That's why you're getting out of Aren't you getting that award next month? Well, what award? I am getting another award. I, I, I've got so many now. I'm starting to feel like uh, like Liz Taylor. Listen, Joel Seidman, who is a literally a storied prosecutor in the Manhattan DA's office, he's been there for 30 years. He called me. He said, I hear you on Sid all the time. I know him for, since 1990. He's like, uh, I'm raising money because they need more ambulances in Israel. And I'm raising money just to give them money just to buy an ambulance or, or two or three. And it's honestly, it started off as, well, we would love Sid to host the show. And then after a couple of more of your eloquent rants about this, 
He said, no, 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 we want to give Sid an award at the show. So you just got to coordinate it, and they're putting something together in January. I think February, right after the Super Bowl. But uh, you know more than me, okay? Yeah, there you go. He's a terrific guy. You deserve it. Yeah, thank you, You, Artie. Thank you. Thank you. I love you, man. This was another great uh, appearance, another great conversation. Say hello to your mom and dad, and continue kicking ass out there. Thank you, Artie. All the the best in 2024 for uh, Sid and friends, man. You too, buddy. That's um, a mean man. I love him. The great attorney, Arthur Idali. He's a good boy. That is a good man right there.